morning. How are we doing? It's great to see you here this morning. Great to see you in church. Thanks for joining us online uh, on Catch Up, whatever you're doing. You've been here with us for a few years. You'll know kind of what the idea of the vision is, is this church. But I just want to kind of put something out there before I share, you know, this focus as part of our vision. You know, Jesus has called us on a mission, has he not? If you don't know that, Jesus has called you on a mission. Matthew 28, he said to the disciples, go into all the earth. That's you. So this isn't the pastor telling you this morning there's a mission for you. Those are the words of Jesus. And if you'll take him at his word, he's calling you to a mission field. And that mission field is wherever you're at. So it's not me that's getting you on this mission. It's Jesus that you're following on this mission. And the mission that he got the disciples on, he's calling disciples. Because he said, go and make disciples. And then disciples made disciples. And made disciples who made disciples who got you on this journey with them. So Jesus is still making disciples. He's still on the mission. He's still giving his Holy Spirit to empower you for that mission. So when I'm talking about vision this morning, this vision is a part of the mission that he's already given us. Does that make sense? So it's your, it's your response to Jesus, not to me. But I believe as a steward, God has given me gift. He gives me talents. He's given us gifts and talents. And we're to work together in order to get on with the mission that he's given us, which is to make disciples. Are you with me? And I'm on that journey, you're on that journey, it's a journey, I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I want to be. And Jesus loves us wherever we are on this journey, amen? So this year, I want to give us a focus for the year. I, I, I always do this, I always bring a focus for what I feel for the year. And I'm simply going to give you the word that I feel we're, that we're to focus on this year. And you can take this personally, but I wanted to take it corporately as a church. And the word is renewal. Who wants some renewal? Who needs some renewal? Come on. You know, if you look at the dictionary definition, here's one definition of it. Some great words in this. It says this, to make new again. Come on, who, who needs some area of your life made new again? Who, who, wants, who wants your financial side to be made new? Who wants your relations, relationships to be made new again? Come on. Who wants some emotional renewal again? Come on, who's been battered this year? I'm preaching out of brokenness here. Is anybody with me? I need some renewal to make new again, to restore. Who needs some restoration? Who likes the repair shop? And all the over 30s are in there. I like the presenter on there. His name is Jay Blades. And he's got a real good story of restoration himself his whole life. But he says this. This is my favorite quote. Are you ready for it? Jay Blades. You ready? With a bit of imagination and a lot of hard work, even the most tired of items can be restored. Are you got that? This is Jay Blade. This isn't Jesus. Jay Blade. Are you ready? He's just got a cool name anyway. With a bit of imagination and a lot of hard work, even the most tired of items he actually says can be transformed. Who needs some transformation? Who's tired? To restore to freshness, perfection or vigor. To give new life to. To rejuvenate. To reestablish. To recreate. Or to rebuild. Who wants a bit of renewal this year? I believe God wants to do renewal in our lives. You know, Isaiah 40, really famous scripture. You'll have heard it, been thrown around if you've been in the Christian world for a bit. It says this, 29 to 31. He gives power to the weak. Is there any weak people in here? 
Well, you, you, you've just qualified for power. Are you ready? He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths, where the youth? I, I love the youth, right? You've got lots of energy. And I went for a walk yesterday with one of my kids and they're up the hill quicker than me. I was knackered. There's a lot more energy in youth, is there not? Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Sorry, youth. And the young men shall utterly fall. But here's the good news. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It's a promise. Will you take him at his word? Are you taking him at his word? Because his word says, you shall, if you hope in the Lord, you shall renew your strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. It's a great illustration of an eagle flying. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What a great scripture. I'm going to preach on that at the end after I've shared some things this morning about what we're going to focus on. Ephesians 4.23, this is Paul in the New Testament, says this, Instead, let the Spirit, so the Holy Spirit needs to guide us in truth and renew our mind. It says this, renew your thoughts, he's a little one, you ready? And attitudes. I'll come back to this, right? Our thoughts and attitudes, let the Spirit renew us. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of what? Your mind. So you get transformed by a renewal of your mind. When we are led by the Spirit, all the Spirit can do is lead us in truth. And he wants to teach us the truth of who God is, what God says about you, so that you can walk in the newness of creation that he has for you and what he promises. Do not be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you are able to detest and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing, perfect will. Are you with me on this concept? It's a biblical concept, renewal, would you say? And I'm believing for renewal for you this year in areas of your life. And I'm believing for this church, areas of renewal. And I want us to go on this journey. Now, if you've been in this church a while, you know what the focus, our vision is. There's five aspects, I believe, that makes up our church. Number one, Jesus-centered. Right? Jesus-centered. If we're going to have renewal this year, then Jesus has got to be at the center of what we're doing. Okay? You've got to walk with You've got to learn to walk in the rhythms of life with Jesus in order to be renewed. That might be a different way of walking that you walked before. Because when you walked before, guess what? You got tired. You got tired. When you ran before, you got weak. You fell. You, you, you didn't have the strength. But if I walk in his rhythm, there's a different rhythm of grace that he promises to give me strength on a daily basis. When I start trying to get my affirmation from everything in this world and find it in Jesus, it gives me a different strength on the inner parts. So we've got to have Jesus at the center, Jesus' teachings, Jesus' life, and follow Jesus' rhythm. Be rooted. We need to, I believe God wants to build some resilience in our lives. Some strength, so that when we're in the valley, when the circumstances aren't what we want, that actually we've got a deeper strength that we find in Jesus that can actually get us through them circumstances that we don't like. And that comes when we get rooted 
in the teachings and the life of Jesus and we allow the Spirit of God to renew us, I believe. So Jesus-centered, rooted, third one, together. We're on this journey together, are we not? Does anybody need somebody to encourage them? I know I do. I know I do. We need one another. You can't outwork the gospel without a community of people. We can't say we love Jesus, but we don't love people. Especially the church, he says. Paul says, especially the church we're to love. So we can't say we're loving Jesus, but we don't love the church. How's your love for the church this morning? How's your love for the church this morning? Do you love his church, or does it do your head in? A bit of both, right? Because love isn't everything's going to be unkidory and perfect like the films you watch. No, love means you have to dig in and persevere and have some resilience and forgive that person and say, just like Jesus laid his life down and died on the cross, I'll lay that part of my life down and die because I'm here for people like Jesus was here. Because if you're going to follow Jesus, it's a different way with Jesus than it is what the world says. I'm going to forgive people. I'm going to put, I'm going to love people like Jesus loved me. How's your love for the church? Come on. Jesus loves the church, by the way. It's his bride. He died for the church. He died for you. He died for me. Let's love one another with his love. Amen? Fourth one, broad. You have a gift. You have a talent. God wants to develop it. Why? So that you can bless the body, but also go out into this world and bless people wherever you're at. God has given you a vocation. He's given you good things, talents, gifts, time, money. And he wants you to grow those gifts and those talents so that you can bring goodness and renewal into this world. Do you believe that? I believe it. You know, there's a discipleship model that we looked at a few years ago. And I just want to bring it back on the screen. And basically what this is, because we're breathing new life, we came up with this quite a few years, but I just want to remind us, if we're going to breathe new life, then we've got to take some good things in. Would you agree? We all exist by breathing. Breathe in, but we've got to breathe some things out. So we breathe in the teachings of God, the, the disciplines of God. We're learning about God. We're taking him in. But then it needs to be given out. It needs to be exhaled. It needs to be applied in our lives, in our communities, wherever. That's discipleship. But there's another thing that grows us on this journey. It's called our circumstances and our environments. We don't pick them. God picks them. Sometimes they turn up in our lives, people, and we don't like them. Guess what? They're a good environment to grow you. Do you see what I'm saying? So to grow broader, we've got to understand, yes, it's what we take in. Yes, it's what we give out. But also circumstances that we've been, I'll say this sometimes, gifted with, gifted with by the grace of God, that we have to learn to respond to them in the way Jesus wants us to respond to them and not simply reacting and moaning about the circumstances and telling God to change them. Because sometimes God wants to change us. Amen? So we need to understand this and grow so that we go broader people. We've got more resilience in our lives. But we can use our gifts and talents for people. Are you still with me? 28 minutes left. And the last one is, this is my favorite one, I have to say, far-reaching. We need to carry on being a church that's far-reaching. We can't just focus on ourselves. We need to think for the one who's lost like Jesus. You know, it's not all about that, but it is about that. Jesus came for the lost. And I believe as we continue to build bridges and help people build relationships with community and we, we, we understand the gospel at heart that Jesus has sent me on a mission, mission to share the good news of Jesus, we all have a responsibility to do that, then we will reach out with the love of God. doesn't mean everybody will accept it, 
But I'm here, I have a responsibility to share this wonderful news of Jesus, what he's done for me, what the Bible teaches us, and it's our responsibility to, share, to go and to share that. That's his mission you're called to be on. So, here are a few things we're going to do this year. Are you with me? And this isn't all about us, it's also outside of us so that we can be a people that are far-reaching. And when I went to Uganda this, uh, this year, last year, September, um, some of you may know I went with a, a guy called Joel Wells, went on Lift Ministries. But um, a few years before that, I saw something that really touched my heart. And it, and, it, and it really impacted my heart. And I really felt, I, I've got to say, I have not felt this on many occasions, but I just felt like I felt the Father's heart for these people. And, and I remember I was in my house, I was just crying on my bed, like, what do I do? What do you do with that? I feel your heart. And it was to do with people with disabilities, and I, I was weeping. And I thought, wow, God loves these people, what do we do? And when I was in Uganda, I met a guy whose life was changed because... I don't know if any of you have ever, if you've ever been to Africa, in many parts of Africa, some countries, they do very little for people with disabilities. The government in Uganda have no policy to look after people with disabilities. So you're just left. You're left on the street, you're left to crawl, you're left to beg. There's nothing that people do. Apart from people like me and you, who understand that we're on a mission, we're here to do good. And we're willing to help these people and lift them up. I want to show you a video now of a guy whose life was changed. His life was renewed. And I believe we can get on board with something that they're still doing today to help bring renewal to some people's lives. Is that okay? Are you ready for a video? Got your popcorn? Are you popcorn? Stop throwing it. All right, let's watch a video. Thank you. I'm in a gang, and Moses. Wabula, mchuda guwangi ma mkatono na suwomubi MC Weyaluda ajetu ala baansala baansala nzenga nzenga sobola kutiyama sobola kukula chochona kenseba zigalao kenkula chifu kenambe vlamba lao kusumoze wakwenda kenye binji People think uh, people with disabilities are second class, they're uh, cursed or, or bewitched. And because of those misconceptions, most of the people with disabilities are marginalized or left out. Someone with a disability is, is just a person. We need to realize that they have abilities and capabilities. So, People with disabilities do not have uh, access to, to mobility or cannot afford mobility. Without mobility, there's very little that people can do. When you receive a wheelchair, 
it just changes everything. It, it gives them a new identity. You no longer have to drag yourself in the dirt or, or the mud. You have the opportunity to be clean and be presentable. So you're, you're basically free. What they need is opportunities for them to be able to explore what is available to them and what's out there for them, and also what is in them. And that's what transformation is all about. But one of the things I was that the abilities and gifts are there. Uh, what we need is to open up our hearts and minds to give them the opportunities. Can you believe that this transforms a person's life? Can you believe that, you know how much these cost? About 80 to 100 pounds, and it can change a person's life. You know, I want to set the challenge this year, church, that we raise money in different ways to send some of these out to these people. Is that okay? And some of you, hopefully, if we take a team out, some of you can take these. What they do is they ship them in from China, the team goes out, they assemble them, and then they take them and they share the gospel with the families as they give them out. Maybe that's something that you could go and do. Maybe 2024 if that works out for us. If it doesn't, we'll send them out and somebody else can do it. But I believe we can change these people's lives. Is that okay? Anybody up for this? You, may, you imagine every house, if we had 100 households each, you know, raised enough money, 100 pounds, to, to get some of these. That's 100 wheelchairs. You know, it's about £10,000, but if we all work together, I'm believing we can make a difference. If we, don't, if we get 10, we get 10. We change 10 people's lives. We get them out the dirt. That makes sense? I knew I was going to do this. Sorry, it's the pastor's heart in me that just gets around brokenness. Oh. Okay, you still with me? Right. Can I tissue? Actually, I've got one. I can't be prepared. You know, there are other things as a church that we want to carry on doing. Here's some other things. You know, some of you may have heard we started a few years back Turning Point. And Turning Point is a fund that we set up, community money that you gave. And uh, this is available for people who are in need. If ever we needed this, it's now you know, and sometimes it's hard to receive money, especially if you're in church because you feel the shame of it. You feel that you're not, you're not good enough. But I want to tell you that this community fund is there for people in this church. So if people are struggling financially in the church and they need some support, we need food, please come forward, speak to your small group or speak to someone and we can help and support you. We also work with local schools as well where we're trying to um, work with families who are struggling and Turning Point can be a stepping stone for them in this season. Is that okay? 
We're still going to keep doing that and making it available. It's not an endless pot of money. There's probably about £20,000 still in there. We actually keep putting money back into it because community groups keep giving us money. So we've been putting money back into it. So when we spend it, so we're trying to make sure it's a little bit like a storehouse. You know when Joseph goes into Egypt and he, when, when there's a difficult time, there's some money and I believe we've been given a storehouse and we've got a responsibility to steward that, right? But we don't want people to just take advantage of it. We want to try and be good stewards with that money. Does that make sense? So Turning Point is still there and um, we feel it's significant for us as a church. Um, the next thing, I'll look at my notes. The next thing is obviously finance is a big thing. So we want to put a course on, money budgeting course, but we want to do it as an outreach thing as well. So you can invite people, bring people, and we can share about money budgeting, but also we can share, um, connect with people about the gospel. Is that okay? So it's something we want to do, a money budgeting course. And obviously some of you will have heard already the Alpha course. If we're going to be far-reaching, then we've got to put something on, you know? You're a mini-alpha course anyway that goes mobile wherever you go, right? So don't think you just need the alpha course to get people to come to know Jesus. No, you're a mini-alpha course already been sent by Jesus, okay? Wherever you are, you're running alpha. So, but we want to put this course on, invest in that, and get people to know Jesus, the other thing as well, we felt that Soul Winner was important. There's a lot here on outreach. Soul Winner, we had Andy Alms a few, a few months back, um, and he came and shared. We did Soul Winner Boot Camp. Uh, he's going to be coming in Easter time as well, hopefully, and we want to do some more work on that about Soul Winner. Another course that we've got, excuse me, is something we feel is key for this year, is emotionally healthy spirituality. You know, anybody struggling with emotions? You know, there's a guy called Peter Scraser who wrote a book. He went through a whole process of understanding spiritual maturity is associated to emotional maturity. So you can't say you're spiritually mature, he says, but you're not emotionally mature. So we want to go through, put that course on as a church and uh, pull people together to do that. So I would highly recommend that course to help you emotionally, especially in this season that we're in in this world. So emotionally healthy spirituality, we'll send more details about that. Obviously we want to invest in the life of the ministries in the church as well. And um, you know, we want to breathe new life into those. But you know, there's a ministry that I was involved in last year, some of you will have known, Lift Ministries with Joel Wells. And Lift Ministries is a great outreach event that happens in Uganda and other countries. And uh, we feel it's really important to support this ministries. It's not cheap. But the gospel isn't cheap when you, you've got to make sacrifices at times, have we not? Sarah shared earlier. So I want to show you a video. Some of you may have seen this or you know Joel, but I want to show you a video from Joel uh, to give us an idea. Thank you. Hi, my name is Joel Wells and I'm the lead evangelist with Lyft Evangelistic Ministries located in Canada. The heart of Lyft is to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to those who are reaching out and looking for answers. We live in a world where many people are searching for hope. They're searching for real purpose in the middle of the challenges they face. Many are in desperate situations crying out for someone or something to save them. The good news we bring is that there is hope in Jesus. He is the God who hears and He desires to reach down and lift you out of the pit of despair. 
Since 2014, Lyft has been bringing this message of hope in Jesus to thousands of people through large festivals, both in communities and on university campuses. In addition to the festivals, Lyft has also organized pastors' conferences and sent teams to visit prisons, hospitals, and schools, all with the vision of impacting as many lives as possible. We have been blessed to see many lives transformed by the power of the gospel. There have been thousands who have surrendered their lives to Jesus, and many testimonies of people being healed in their physical bodies and delivered from oppression. New churches have also been planted as a direct result of what the Lord has done in these events. As we enter 2020 in this new decade, our vision is to keep bringing the life-saving message of Jesus Christ to new cities and new countries. We know God is on the move and we are excited to be a part of what He's doing in the world. We would be so excited to see you at one of our festivals. You know, my heart is at some point that we take a team out with these. Financially, we're going to look to support them, but at some point, a team could go out. Maybe a team take the wheelchairs out, a team go out on one of these mission trips. Who fancies that? It's life-changing. If you go on one of these, it's, you're never the same again. But I really feel that we need to invest in the gospel and share in the gospel. I really feel it's on my heart to do that. Is that okay? So there's some things for us to be going out there, is there not this year, for renewal? Obviously, a personal walk with Jesus and walking with him is first and foremost the most important thing. But there's another thing I just want to share a few minutes. I don't want to go too much about this because it's not about this. But it's something, as part of this process of renewal, I feel, we feel responsibility to be renewed ourselves. Right? To go ahead and do this. So this year, I feel led, we feel led, into actually go on a sabbatical. Now, some of you might not even know what sabbatical means. Anybody know what sabbatical means? I remember telling some people, and they were like, Dad, what's a sabbatical? <laughs> so a sabbatical, you know, we get it from the word Sabbath. It means rest. It's a period of time that you can have out spending time with God. And, it's, and so me, Sarah, and the girls, we're going to be going on a sabbatical this year. Is that okay? And we've been doing this now 10 years this year. It's not easy, ministry isn't. Life isn't easy. And I know you probably think, yeah, well, I've got a tough job and I need a sabbatical. I get that. And, and I'm going to be giving you some more information about why we feel this is important for us as a church. But I want to say this to you, church. This isn't us going on a sabbatical. This is us going on a sabbatical. Will you come on a sabbatical with us? Because if you understand this renewal, you'll understand this renewal. Are you hearing that? So this isn't Paul and Sarah going to have some time. This is Paul and Sarah, Grace and Olivia, having some time as a family to be re refreshed, restored, renewed, so that we can come back in for another 10 years. Does that make sense? I have no plan to go. You know, some people go on sabbaticals and then they, they go, oh, Church of England, then they move on to another church. That's not our heart and that's not our plan. We're committed here. Does that make sense? But we, we do, I feel led to do it. And I've got to be honest, it's not an easy thing to let go for three months. That's how long it'll be, about you know, 10 weeks. It's not long, but it feels long when you've actually got your fingers tied into everything and you have to let go of everything. 
So this isn't an easy process for us to let go for 10 weeks. Does that make sense? But I believe it's for us, but it's for us as a church, as part of the process of renewal. And we're going to send some more information out. We're going to send an email out. You've probably got questions, and hopefully most of those questions can be answered on that, those emails. Does that make sense? Is that okay? Who's up for renewal? Right, I've got 11 minutes. Those are some practical things we're going to do as a church. We're going to do some fundraisers. We're going to make you aware what we can do next week as we start to raise money. Um, we'll be taking an offering next week for some of these things, but we're also going to make you aware of some fundraisers, some fun fundraisers we can do as a church. You can create your own ones where we can raise money. Is that okay? So I just want to preach from Isaiah 40 for the last 10 minutes. Is that okay? So Isaiah 40, I read it earlier. He gives power to the weak, to those who have no might. Great qualification. But you know, when you look at the context, I'm going to have to move this because I'm going to fall over it because I'm going to get moving around, you know me. When you look at the context of this, what had happened is the people of Israel, the people of Judea, they had been taken from Israel, from Judea, and they'd been placed in Babylon. And they'd been so discouraged because they expected various circumstances because of some of the beliefs that they had. They believed God would never leave them. They believed God would defeat their enemies. They believed God, if they worshipped him in the temple, that they would never fall and they would be indestructible. Yet they find that the enemy comes and takes them into exile and whilst they're in exile, they then struggle to believe God's word again. Anybody felt like that? Anybody had some expectations that didn't work out the way you thought it might do? And you thought God was with you and you thought God had said things and it hasn't worked out the way you thought. So what does God do? How does God bring renewal to you? How does he bring renewal to Israel? How's God going to bring renewal to you? It's really simple. Are you ready? He's going to give you a word. And he's already given you the word. The job for us is to understand the word that he's given us and to believe the word. Are you with me? You see, they were disillusioned and disappointed. You know, they'd, they'd run and they'd, they'd fallen. They'd, they'd, run, they'd walked and they'd got weary and tired and they'd given up hope. There was almost no hope. They were stuck in a place where they didn't want to be. You know, they believed that the temple was the place where God dwelt. And the place of the presence of God meant that they would always have the victory of God. But what had happened is they trusted in other things other than God. They trusted in other nations and they'd rejected God. So God had said, right, I'm going to leave you in circumstances because you've rejected me. But the truth of the matter is this, God hasn't rejected them. And your circumstances might not be what you thought might happen, but God hasn't given up on you. So how do you get renewal? You've got to believe the word again. That's what God does. I'm going to send a prophet to speak to you. I'm going to give you my word and tell you who I am and what I believe. Yes, you may be weak. Yes, you may not be strong. But guess what? I'm going to renew you. I'm going to renew you. And I believe that's what a renew was. 
is our association with the Word of God, our association with Jesus, our closeness to Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the promises of Jesus, and holding on to that. It says those who hope or wait on the Lord. What does that mean? Anybody use Amazon? Anybody, anybody going against the, the flow of the world? Anybody using anyone else? <laughs> but anybody use Amazon? Most people use Amazon. Why? Because you have got a confidence when you click that button, it will get delivered to your house. Yeah? You, you click that button or you read the review, you go on the reviews. Anybody seen Michael McIntyre last night? Anyway, he did a review on that. It was quite funny. But the point, the point, the point is this, right? You have a confidence because of the experiences you've had with Amazon that they deliver pretty much on time. So you've got a confidence when you click that button, it's going to get delivered to your house. So what is God saying here? God is saying this. You can have a confidence in my deliverance. You can have an expectation of me fulfilling what I say. In other words, you can have a confident expectation that the Amazon of heaven is going to do what he says he's going to do. Do you believe that? Do you believe? Because if you don't believe it, you won't have the hope. You won't rise up on eagle's wings because you'll always see from this perspective in the dirt. You won't see it from his perspective in heaven. But if you'll take him at his word and believe him, guess what? You're going to have a confident expectation that Amazon's going to deliver your parcel on time. Do you believe his word? Do you believe his word? Do you believe in Jesus, the word? Because he's the one. He's the one who God said, I'm going to send. He's the one who was like the eagle who seemed weak, who was buried in the ground, who was destroyed. God says, watch this eagle. Watch how I can raise him, and I'll raise him up out of the dead. I raise the weak, he says. You know, you're weak this morning. You've got areas of your life that need help. You've qualified to come to Jesus. You've got some humility. Come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to know your word for my relationships. I want to know what you say about my finances. I want to know what you say about me. I want to know what you say about my neighbor. I want to know what you say about the enemy. I want to know what you say, Jesus, and I'm going to hold you to your words. You know, if we refuse to believe in his word, this is what will happen. It'll just be an information. It'll just be information or knowledge that floats around in our heads or here. But if I take him at his word, and I really believe it, and I actually obey it, guess what will happen? The power of God will begin to transform you. But if I refuse to believe it and act upon it, then no transformation will happen. It'll just be information that floats around. Just be like any other book you can read or any other word. But if I act in faith, if I use faith, this God is who he says he is. This God was... This God died for me for the forgiveness of my sins. This God was raised from the dead. This God is ascended to heaven. This God raises up eagles. This God gives new strength. This God never leaves me. This God always loves me. This God, this God, this God. I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to take him at his word. My circumstances might not say it, but I'm not determined by them. I'm determined by his word. My past might not say it, because it probably doesn't. But my future is not determined by my past. My future is determined by his word. Are you hearing it? I'm going to take him at his words. 
Because I believe when you take him at his word and you apply his principles, that's where God begins to work. If you refuse to take him at his word and refuse to apply his principles, no change happens. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you and he's forgiven you of your past through faith in Jesus Christ. But if you want true renewal and transformation, it's only going to happen when you listen to his word and apply it. You know, it's the king's coronation soon, is it not? King's coronation, some of you might have even not even thought about that, right? It, I don't know if you've seen it on the TV, but there's a, there's a coin that's, that's come out, a new coin with a king's head on. Anybody seen it? Anybody sad enough to spend like 90 quid on it? I think that's wisdom, right? You, you, why, why spend 90 quid on a coin that's worth 50p when you can spend it on a wheelchair that'll save it? Sorry, if, if you love coins, you go get one. I'm sorry if you've already got one, right? Fine, collect your 50p's for the rest of your life. But give them to your great-grandkids when you go. But here's the, here's the deal, right? On that coin, there's two sides to it, is there not? Two sides to the coin. And sometimes with faith, we think faith is just believing what we here. So I'll take him at his word. Oh, I love that he loves me. I love that I'm to love, but if I only hear one side of the coin, which is kind of faith, trust, believe, but I don't look at the other side of the coin, there'll be no transformation. So what's on the other side of your coin? Obedience. Obedience. You know, Jesus says, I think it's in John 14, if you love me, you will Obey me. If you love me, you will obey me. The demonstration of God's love. Number one, your love for God. Number one, on the top, top step is obedience. If you really love me, Jesus says, you'll obey my words. In other words, you'll take me at my word, Paul. If you really love me, you'll take me at my word. Your word, my words, my teachings, I will be at the center of your life. And as you do this, as you believe in me and trust in me, and as you obey me, you're going to get two sides of the coin. And the treasure from heaven will transfer into your life and change those areas of your life. It'll change your finances. It'll change your relationships. It'll change you first and foremost in that place. Are you with me? We didn't like that bit, did we? Why? Because it's where the rubber hits the road. If you want renewal, it's going to take a bit of imagination, believe, and a lot of hard work. That's what, that's what Jay says. Jay Blade says it. And if Jay Blade says it, it's good enough for me. Anybody want some transformation this year? I want to ask you, what is Jesus saying to you? What, what, what's his word for you this year? Maybe you've had some disappointment some discouragement. Maybe circumstances aren't what, the, aren't what you wanted them to be. You know? I like Isaiah 40 because if you read it at the beginning of it, it actually says comfort, comfort. I mean, just hear the heart of that. Comfort, comfort. He says, I'll come to you and comfort you in your pain. I'll come to you in your disappointment. Yeah, you know, Israel didn't expect it to be there. But they were. And God understands and he's so compassionate, so caring, so graceful, so gentle that he comes and says, comfort, comfort. I'll comfort you first. I'll love you with my kindness. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He demonstrated his love for us. You know, I want to ask you this year, what word do you need this year? I would say it's Jesus. I would say your love for Jesus and you're listening to the teachings of Jesus and applying them is all that you need this year. 
And as you do that, I'm going to believe for renewal in your life. Renewal emotionally, renewal maybe physically, whatever you need, I'm going to believe for renewal. And if some areas of your life can't be renewed, I want to encourage you this, trust in your heart with God anyway. You know, you may have a physical thing that can't be renewed, and that's the way it is, right? Trust in God anyway is grace is sufficient in your situation. Otherwise, we live with regret and, oh, I haven't got enough faith or I haven't gotten all this. No, trust in God in your situation. I want to pray for you. Is that okay? I'm 32 seconds over time. Then I need to go speak to the kids. I'm going to invite the band up. Who's believing for a year of renewal? We were all good until I said obedience. <laughs> you know, God is good, is he not? So if God's good and his teachings are good, it's good to obey him. It's not always the easiest way. It's a narrow path, but it's the best way. And it leads to life. Right, let us pray. Are you with me? Come on, let's stand. Do you believe his word this year? Do you believe that he wants to renew you? Do you believe that he wants to teach you to rise up on eagle's wings? You know, the Bible teaches, I believe, where the presence of God is, that's where victory is. That's what Israel believed of Jerusalem. And all they had to do was to go there and pray, and the presence of God would overcome their enemies. Well, I want to say to you, do you believe that the presence of God is in you today? And all you have to do is talk to him. And all you have to do is listen to him. And all you have to do is follow him and you will get the victory over your enemy. Ultimately, death itself, you will get victory over. But there are other areas of your life that God wants to give you victory. Do you believe the presence of God is with you this morning? The same presence of God that was in that temple is available for you today. And I want to pray for the presence of God to manifest itself in your life. And I want to pray that you will have the courage this year to follow Jesus and obey Jesus so that it brings transformation in your lives. And you will testify of the goodness of God this year. You will testify about how God has helped you this year. And all you did was trust him and follow him. You will testify to your neighbor. You will testify about emotional healing. You will testify about finances and jobs and changes because you've learned to trust in him. So Father, we just pray right now. I pray that by your Spirit, Lord, you would refresh every person here. Father, I pray that faith would arise in the hearts of your people. If they've been discouraged or hurt or whatever's happened, no matter what's happened in the past, Lord, may they come to you afresh. And Father, I pray that you would bring renewal, renewal of mind, renewal of heart, renewal emotionally. May their souls be renewed, Lord. Father, give them the confident expectation that you will fulfill your word in their lives. Father, remind them of the hope that they have in you. Lord, help them to persevere in love this year so that no matter what they're going through, you would be at the center. And Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to see both sides of the coin, not only to believe in you, but to trust you and obey you. So Father, we pray. May their hearts be filled with your love this year. May we grow in the knowledge of you. Holy Spirit, help us to love like you have loved us. Father, may they rise up on eagles' wings this year. May they run and not grow weary. Because Lord, you, almighty God, are with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Who's up for a year of renewal?
Come on, I'm believing for God's going to bring some renewal. We're going to sing some songs. I want you to just reflect on God's goodness. I want you to make faith arise. This isn't just about inspiration. It's not just about me motivating you. It's about discipleship. And it's about you trusting in God. And trust again if it's not gone the way you thought. And go again because God's not giving up on you. Amen? Let's keep believing God. Thank you.